Welcome to episode 256 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. When you co-create your offer, you guarantee success. Even before my book officially launched on Sunday, October 31st, it had already achieved the metrics of success I was expecting. Small list, big results, launch a successful offer no matter the size of your email list, reach number one as a new release in market research business and small business advertising weeks before the official launch date. It also reached number one in several paid categories, small business advertising, entrepreneurship advertising, and in Canada, market research and research marketing profession. It received 50 reviews by October 20th. And by the time you're hearing this, there'll be over 100 reviews on Amazon. And most importantly, the reviews have made it clear just how valuable this book is for anyone looking to build momentum around an idea, cause, product, or service. Here's one of those reviews from Marguerite Orain. This book could not have come at a better time when our worlds have been shaken by a global pandemic and we are coming to terms that things have changed and we have to change. We need a manual for charting a new path because there's no going back to normal. Small List Big Results is that manual. The book is a call and a challenge to wake up and take action regardless of where we are right now. Engaging client stories throughout reminds us that we are not alone and that if they could do it, we can too. There's no fluff, just practical, down-to-earth advice that makes navigating the path simple. Keep the book handy for whenever you feel stuck or the urge for more and better in your life. (laughs) Thanks so much, Marguerite. That is an amazing review. As we neared the launch date, I wasn't biting my nails hoping people would show up because they already had. The best news is it doesn't end with a book launch because that's really just the beginning. I'm hosting three free masterclasses to walk you through the content in the book so you can implement the strategies in your own business. These will take place November 12th, 13th, and 14th from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can register for free at robbysamuels.com forward slash big results. It's in a couple of weeks, so you have time to, one, get your copy of the book, which is currently 99 cents at smalllistbigresults.com. Two, download the free Big Results Toolkit, you'll find the link in the book. And three, start taking action by following the steps in the Wake Up Your Network workbook. Then bring your questions to these masterclasses so you can put these strategies into practice and build new revenue streams and impact more people's lives. On Friday, November 12th, we're gonna discuss how you are solving the wrong problem. On Saturday, November 13th, we'll discuss how it's time to wake up your network to discover likely prospects who already know, like, and trust you. And on Sunday, November 14th, we're gonna learn how others have avoided expert syndrome and other mental blocks that may be preventing you from taking action. Again, register at robbysamuels.com forward slash big results. Now there's no cost to attend. And yes, there will be replay, but it'll only be available for 24 hours after each day's session. Here's another review that came in from Gabe Barrett. Robbie Samuels is in my head. 
I didn't realize just how much I needed this book until I read it. Small List Big Results not only articulates the challenges entrepreneurs face, it provides simple, clear, and detailed steps to overcome them. With his practical and accessible advice, Robbie gives you the tools to launch successful offers that address the real problems of paying customers. Thank you so much, Gabe. Now, if you've already jumped in with both feet into the Wake Up Your Network workbook and you have questions about what to do with the list you've gathered, you are in luck because you don't even have to wait for those three free masterclasses. I'm offering another round of pop-up masterminds. These are one-time, two-hour mastermind sessions where you get answers to your questions in a small group environment. The next sessions are being held on November 8th and 9th. The cost is $100, and you are required to complete the Wake Up Your Network workbook before attending the session. Apply for one of these pop-up masterminds at robbysamuels.com forward slash pop-up app. Now, onto this very special episode where we go a little bit behind the scenes. Enjoy. Today's guest is more like a co-host, and we're going to dish about why I felt the need to write my newest book, Small List, Big Results, Launch a Successful Offer, No Matter the Size of Your Email List. She's my book launch success manager and has been supporting my business over the last year as my systems and processes coach. We met while working at Miracy and witnessed firsthand the many common mistakes entrepreneurs make when they're just getting started with their business or when they're ready to move from one-on-one coaching to group programs. What I love about working together is that she believes that the sensible and practical side of life meshes perfectly with the woo-woo side of life. As a heart-centered entrepreneur myself, I really appreciate her point of view. As a chief technology therapist at Sensible Woo, she teaches highly sensitive and neurodivergent online business owners how to replace technological chaos with a harmonious technology system. She's an accredited librarian with a master's of science in information and set the foundation of her career as the first digital archivist for Disney Animation Studios. Please join me in welcoming the one, the only, Mary Williams. Wow, thank you. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Mary, thanks for joining us from your place in Vancouver, Washington. I am so excited about having this conversation. It's a different type of show than I've ever done. But um, you, you've not been working there a long time. And I think that at some point when you're writing a book, you, you like just get so into the weeds, into the details. And it's important, I think, to step back and remember the why. And you and I definitely understand the why, but I, I want to spell it out for people as well. And maybe remind myself since we're so in the thick of it right now. I thought it would be so good for us to have a dish session, partly so that you can process what everything that's been going on. And we know that people are always so hungry for behind the scenes. And this is such a good window into what it really takes to write a book and do a launch and, um, you know, be a little bit further along in the business journey. And, you know, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you for all the hard work. I mean, it is, if only new people, if only people knew how hard you work, <laughs> yeah. there's such a trend right now in, in, you know, hand it off, take it off your plate. And it's like, no, like y- you're still very much a part of everything that happens. So. Well, I, um, I, I've mistake. I've made every mistake in the book. I mean, <laughs> quite literally. Oh, yeah. Have, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, um, I think that, I've created a business where I always want to have resources at the ready. You know, a lot of the masterclasses I've created were because I was trying to answer a question that I got asked a lot. 
you know, the earliest podcast episodes, not earliest podcast, or the earliest masterclass um, sessions that I did were about, you know, should I write a book? Um, book launch strategy? Should I host a podcast? Because those are the questions I was getting asked all the time. And then while I was first writing the book, I back in 2018, which is amazing how many years ago that was, um, I did sessions on the book itself, but also on a, to- on a content. Like one of the pieces was a discover your ideal client, which I'm still referencing three years later. And I think in some ways I needed to create a book because there was more to the story than this, what was being covered in those those masterclasses. And I kept hearing the same mistakes happening over and over again. Yes. I mean, not only have you and I been doing this long enough that we have made those mistakes ourselves, but because of your expertise with like the networking and everything, and then you have great lead gen sources, you know, you have great content that comes out. A natural question that has come to you is along the lines of like, how do I find more people? Which is a common question. (laughs) Everyone needs to work on lead gen. Um, And what I love that you address in this is really how to do that step-by-step because one of the most common things is, you know, do I need an email list? (laughs) Like, where's, where's my list? Like, let me go buy some ads. Let me start a podcast when you don't even have your offer market fit yet. You know, like all the things I did. I mean, I started a podcast before. (laughs) I, I mean, I, I, I needed to get started somewhere, but it wasn't monetized. It's still not monetized. And a lot of this is really, um, it's not just shiny objects, but it's the term noble obstacles. I learned that's uh, in Finnish, uh, the book Finnish. And it's, it's really like it, it, having a, a website, having a learning management system, like none of these things seem wrong on the surface, but they're all distractions from testing from, from finding, from iterating, from finding out whether you actually have a, an idea that's actually going to monetize. Well, in determining, I mean, eventually those things become important. That's why we talk about systems together so much, but there's an order and a priority to things. So, you know, when we're talking order and priorities, in your opinion, is having a small email list, really the reason why entrepreneurs struggle to find clients for a new offer. I love the idea of people having strong email lists, uh, engaged email lists. I'm, I think that long term it's important. I think it's also if you ask experienced entrepreneurs like what's something they wish they had done sooner, they're going to tell you build build a thriving engaged email list. That said, I don't think you need any email list in order to test an idea because you already have a network of people who know, like, and trust you that you can engage with and learn what they need and create something. So, you know, yes, concurrently, you should be figuring out how to identify who's going to be on your list, draw them in, give them a gift or a lead magnet, all those things, you know, create content, um, become known for something. Uh, As Dory Clark would say, the long game, right? The long game is necessary, (laughs) but it shouldn't stop you from monetizing or at least attempting to monetize sooner rather than later. Yeah. I really like that. You know, I'm such a fan of smallest too. And I used to have a big following back in my blogging days. This is long before you and I met. And I learned back then that numbers are just numbers. (laughs) A small, super engaged audience that may not be super public to other people is the perfect audience when you're building, not necessarily that sort of influencer audience, which I think is what people seem to get distracted by. But you know, what I love is that 
in, in your book um, and in all the work you do, you talk about problems being like a little P problem or a big capital P problem. <laughs> and I think it would be so good for people, you know, driving in their cars, listening to this right now to really consider in like the laundry list of all the things that are rattling through their brains right now about, I need to do this and this and this and this and this, how do you prioritize it? Can you explain little P versus big P and maybe somebody out there, it will help them start prioritizing today. Well, it's, it's actually about how your um, likely prospect is thinking about what they need. So you know, for example, um, a couple of people I know who are health coaches, recently certified health coaches, reached out to me. Um, one announced that they have their new business, and it was an email inviting me to to you know find out about their offers and share. Another one was referred to me so I could talk to them. And when I'm talking to them, I'm realizing that their questions are about you know what content do I put in my program. I, you know, because of their training, their certification, they have access to so much content. They're like, you know, what order do I put it in? What do I leave out? And, you know, after chatting for a few minutes, I'm like, has, have you, have you made any money? Has anyone paid you? <laughs> and they're like, no. I'm like, well, who's your audience? And they're like, well, I kind of have an idea. I'm like, have you talked to them? And so I think that's the first mistake is that when we, when we realize as entrepreneurs that we can solve a problem that people have, we immediately jump to problem solving. And our vantage point is different than the vantage point of our likely prospects because they're not experts. You're the expert. So the little P problem in this instance is when people, like in their mind, your likely prospects have problems, right? They're like, this is the thing I'm, have, I'm struggling with. But in your understanding, that's like a little P problem. <laughs> like that's, that's, it's a symptom of the bigger problem, but they're not aware enough of the bigger problem. So they're, they're in symptom aware, which I think of like little P problems. And so if you solve their little P problems in like an hour lunch and learn or an hour webinar, they won't realize that there's still more for them to figure out. Like if you, I don't know, it's sort of like if you're trying to teach people how to be more efficient with a computer and they're struggling with how to copy and paste. So you can teach people how to copy and paste, but that's not going to actually be the end of it, right? Like that's just a small P problem and they need to know a lot more to like effectively use, I don't know, Google Sheets or Excel or something like that. Like it's not going to be a copy and paste. So I think that too often there's a mismatch between what people think they need and what we think the solution really is. So they don't, they don't think you're talking to them. So the big P problem is what we need to have people become more aware of. And what's really hard about that is that it, it leaves people feeling unsettled. And as entrepreneurs, I think we want to be helpful and serve. And so we end up giving people way too much information and it doesn't particularly help them. It doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the kind of impact you want to be having. And it also often doesn't translate into having clients. Yeah. It, it really doesn't. I mean, that's one of our big pet peeves, right? <laughs> is, is going so far down the path without, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Look at all the letters popping up. Like they're, they have their own little, <laughs> their own little lives. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's, it's so interesting because when you dive into business, um, people who are doing work with you, it's a very meta experience. And 
they, in the same way that they need to solve for their own audience, they are also having the same thing solved by, you know, with you, I wouldn't say by you, but with you, because we as entrepreneurs have to do our own darn work. So, (laughs) well, it does feel like I'm spending the entire fall helping people move. And I've been completely transparent with people about this, like people who've come to my pop-up masterminds, um, which I'm continuing to do, by the way, every month I decided I already put out November dates. Um, they'll be like around the corner from when this is airing. So if you want to check that out, definitely reach out to me. Um, but this is where I think I've been trying to move people from that like symptom aware, little p problem aware stage of awareness to aware of the bigger problem because I want them to be ready for my solution. Because if I just out of the gate said, I have a year long program, it's 10 months of masterminds, it's got two to five one-on-one calls, and you know it's gonna get you this amazing result. But people don't, A, believe that they can get those results. They don't think they need that kind of help. They can't see themselves doing the work. Well, then they're not, they're not primed to say yes to that opportunity. So all the things we do, have to be about moving people from symptom aware, little P problem aware to big P problem aware. So they're ready to hear about our amazing solution. So they're asking for it. So they're seeing us as the guide. And then the last part of that is really figuring out is their urgency, you know, is the cost of inaction too great? And they have to act now because if they have to act now and they see you as the guide and they like your solution, then they're going to be asking to work with you. This isn't even a sales pitch. They're like ready to say yes. And I don't think we do enough of that lead up. We don't, we don't build a runway for our offers, you know, whether it's a, a course or a coaching program, masterminds, what, you know, masterclass, whatever thing we're doing, I don't think we lead people to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's so interesting because when you're in business, you have to, it's, it's like, you look for a good program that will allow you to then turn around and deconstruct your own experience rolling into that good program so that you can then create that for your program. <laughs> That's true. I've been witnessing a lot of other people's launches. And I have to say that I, I have now been part of so many launches as a collaborator, um, you know, prom- as a promoter of other people's stuff that some of it felt, it starts feeling very formulaic. And I know there's a, like, it's the same thing with like writing copy for sales pages. There's like a way to do it. And part of me bristles a little bit about doing what everyone else does. And it starts to feel less authentic. And I, I kept hitting the gas and the brake at the same time. This was around June of 2021. So this was past summer. And part of it is I had just moved. I mean, I was mm-hmm. in the process of moving June, July, June, July, like I moved June 30th. So I was like in the process of a move. So I couldn't really think about this, but I was feeling really kind of stuck. And um, I actually talked to my friend, Jason Van Orden. Um, I joined a week long program he had, and I hopped in for, for that. And I got a chance to sort of bring this up. And he started talking about how he does these masterminds, these like two hour things. And that's what sort of helped me kind of wrap my head around. I can serve people, show them the value, get them moving in the right direction. And I can do it not one-on-one, but in a group and have people see how I can run a group setting. And so that's, that really kind of transformed my thinking around this launch. 
Um, and I got so much great information about what people need. Some of that went right into the book. Some of it's stuff that I'm going to be sharing in the free masterclasses that are happening in the middle of November. Um, but I'm, I think that people should be open to both learning what people have done, seeing you know, what other people have done, but also figuring out how do you put your own spin on it? How do you do something that you're truly excited about? Because I'm excited about giving people value, but I also know that I've made the mistake, and I'm sure you have too, because I think everyone has, of giving way too much content away and in a way that like doesn't help people and might actually lead them away from you. Well, or, or actually make the process worse for them. And, you know, one, one of the great things we can do is continue to iterate and get better, which is why we learn to really build relationship with the people that we work with. But I love something that happened for you this summer when you were working with Jason. Um, it, it, well, you know me, I love my food analogies. So it's kind of like you've been baking your banana bread and, you hopped into somebody else's kitchen and you were like, whoa, like he's like putting nutmeg and cloves in his banana bread. I never thought about doing that. And um, just like when you go out and have really good meals and you're like, wow, I never thought about putting lemon on top of that. And by tasting a little bit here and there, you then learn what your tastes are too. Cause you might taste something somewhere and be like, well, like I do not like the way that was cooked at all. And you're allowed to not like it. And you're allowed to also remember that. So you don't do the same thing. And, and I like that you, you've been going around, you know, you've been picking up the small little flavors and in your test kitchen, figuring out like, okay. You're making a really interesting observation that I hadn't fully thought about, which is while I keep telling people to not create in a vacuum and to talk to likely prospects, I also have talked about how you should talk to likely referral partners and fellow experts and I've never really articulated the why of that because um, it becomes pretty clear why you should talk to your likely prospects because once they tell you what, what they need, you can build that and you'll have a ready-made audience. But right. the, um, I think that finding out what else other people are doing, if they're serving a similar or adjacent audience as you, you'll see what holes are in the marketplace. You'll see like how they approach those folks, the same demographic. And you'll, you'll get a gut check about what you like and don't like about it. And I think that's also part of the process is not isolating yourself. I, I know that when I wrote my first book about networking, I actually purposely didn't read all the great books on networking because I had a lot, I had 10 years of, of teaching it that I just wanted to make sure I shared what I knew without accidentally like co-opting other people's stuff. But you know, I, I now I'm not suggesting that is actually a good tactic because my book may have been better and I could have referenced all those amazing people, right? Like don't isolate yourself and only work in your own head. Like that's the number one takeaway for me is build your audience before you create your offer. Well, I mean, that's a great segue into my question for you, Robbie. <laughs> How do you build an audience before you create an offer? <laughs> like, why is that so important? You know, it, it, when you're, when you're first starting out, you think like, oh no, I need to work on the offer itself. Otherwise, how will people know what they're getting from me? Yeah. And, and I get the logic of that. I get why people choose to do that. We also get very excited by our, how we get very into our IP, our process, our steps, our seven steps to do X. Like we get really into that. And honestly, nobody cares. Nobody cares until they know that you can help them. 
get to the outcome that they want until they believe you can help them, it doesn't matter what the how is. I mean, I could talk to you about what you're trying to achieve. You are like, wow, Robbie can really help me. And then you can say, Robbie, how do I do that? And I'm like, jump in a pogo stick five times. You're like, where's the pogo stick? But if I walk around town, (laughs) if I walk around town with a pogo stick, trying to sell like the idea that people should jump on this pogo stick five times, people are like, what? I don't need that. And I think that is the disconnect that we have when we build an offer and get very excited by our, our process, our how. And other people are like, I don't even know if I need that. I, I have this little problem. I don't need that big problem. There's a story actually in Mary in the book about someone coming to me. This is fictitious. Someone was like, did this happen? It was fictitious. But if someone were to come to me with an itchy arm with a rash and they are thinking they need I love uh, this one. <laughs> anti-itch cream, and then I diagnose quickly that, oh my God, that's, that's poison ivy. And I start asking questions and I realize they have poison ivy all over their backyard. Like every time they step out of their back, out into their backyard, they get poison ivy. And they never put that together. Like in their mind, they have a small problem. Their small problem is they have an itchy arm and they want some anti-itch cream. So that's the solution they have in their head. But I'm like, oh my gosh, you should just like raise the entire backyard. I know a guy who was a bulldozer. Like if I were to try to tell them to follow that huge solution for what they think is like an anti-itch cream problem, that's not going to work. Instead, I have to really engage them around, hey, let's think about when this happens and have them come to the realization, oh my gosh, it's all over my backyard. Well, what do you think you can do to mitigate this? Well, I could try to identify what it looks like. I could rope it off. I could put stepping stones. I could this, I could that. And they could try those things. And if they end up not working, which they may or may not, then they can come to me and I can say, okay, well, since you've tried all that, here's a solution I know will work. It's kind of extreme, but it's absolutely going to work. And you've now been banging your head on this for six months and you keep getting poison ivy. So I know a guy with a bulldozer and they'd be like, thank you (laughs) so much for that idea. I will go call your guy with bulldozer. But I just think that we rush the process because we want to be like, let's just get it done. And of course, like ripping up all you know, vegetation is going to get it done, but your, your client, their prospect doesn't want that. That's not what they're thinking they need. And I don't know. I, so if we build something without input, it's going to be a lot harder to get it off the ground. So it's kind of like building when I was talking earlier about building a runway, all the, all like in the book, it talks about doing research calls. All these calls are really about building a runway, either because you're going to meet people who want to work with you, or you're going to meet people who now, you know, or reconnect with people who now want to refer you because they feel like they're invested in it. And if you don't do that, it's like trying to launch a plane without a runway. Like <laughs> chances are you're going to, you know, crash and burn. It's a terrible visual. So, and you don't I, have a helicopter. So, you know, yeah, you, you got to go build a <laughs> helicopter, which is entirely. And I also want to say, I, okay. Now that you brought that up, I will tell you why the helicopter does work. You ready? Okay. If you have a huge list, if you have a huge list, with right. a huge following, you have a helicopter. Then you don't you have, have a, a helicopter. <laughs> right. So Dory Clark launched her first course by sending out an email. I think she had 40,000 people. I was on her, list. on her list when that email came out. She had a friggin' helicopter. And I think yeah. what the problem is, I mean, this is what kind of gets the goat for both of us is. We, we see so many people who are just starting out and they're watching someone like Dory and we love Dory to pieces. Dory is such an inspiration. She's amazing. Super smart. 
but Dory owns like an army of helicopters and, <laughs> and then people think like, Oh, well I'll just fire up a helicopter. And then they turn around and they've got like a little prop plane. And then they're like, well, maybe if I like try to re-engineer my plane, so like the propellers go up <laughs> instead of forward, like I'll, I'll make it into a helicopter. And it's like, no, you own a little prop plane right. and your field is not mowed. Like you, you can't take off right now. You can't take so, off right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. She actually, she had sent that email, went to go speak uh, at a college class that she was um, teaching. And when she got done, she realized that she already had 42, I think, people signed up and she had to rush to close the, the opt-in page. Oh, that's hilarious. That is not, that is not, not a, um, you know, <laughs> not a normal, like <laughs> common, I don't want to say not normal. It's not a common occurrence that entrepreneurs launching their first course have to scramble to close the opt-in page exactly. because they're too many people sign up right away. But she had for years built an audience she had tens of thousands of people. She'd never sold them anything before. They'd never had access to her at that price point. You know, her other price points were really high for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it was just the perfect offer for that audience that she had nurtured for so long. If you have the patience to do that and the ability to do that kind of thing, great. But most of us want to make money in the meantime. <laughs> and we're not speaking and we're not like, it's if it's not, you're, if it's if you have other revenue streams, then yeah, then this, this is something you can do over a longer period of time, and you're building an audience over over a period of time and getting to know them. But I think anybody can find 20, 25 people in their network to talk to, and learn what people need, and then from that build a pilot, and then test the pilot, run it, and learn from it. And we don't have to wait. We don't, we don't. The other thing, I love this. This is actually a Danny Inney uh, learning. I, I learned so much from Miracy and from Danny in particular. Well, from a lot of the coaches. All the coaches were amazing. So shout out to the Miracy team. But um, he, he had this thing, and I don't know the exact phrases he used, so I'm going to use a version maybe. But there are only four things you need to launch a pilot. And it's not, you know, a website, a landing page, a learning management system with videos, professionally edited. Um, it's not a fancy business name. Uh, it's not business cards. Like, okay. So it's not all those things. You know what it is? It's content that people want, people who want that content, a way to convey that content to them and a way for them to pay you. Like that's it. And I think we over like complicate that process. And I did it. I bought Thinkific in 2015 before <laughs> I even had a plan around a course. You know, and, you know, you'd spend money on things like that. Okay. I know people who've, who have recorded video. I actually worked, I actually coached someone who had all this recorded video professionally done and the no. course didn't sell. One person signed up and it was their friend. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That's yeah. heartbreaking. I mean, it's heartbreaking for us to hear about it as coaches. But to be the person that that is happening to is it's even worse <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that one of the things we did um, together was we went through and made a list. This is something I suggest anybody do. And I, I did it myself after doing it with her. I made a list of all of my expenses on one Google sheet. So I know my monthly and my, you know, twice a year, my annual expenses. And I was able to see like, what are all the apps and tools and technology that I bought and I'm maybe not using. She had multiples of things. She had like two storage options. She had oh, two... Yeah 
like learning management options. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, you know, until you take inventory, oh my God, who am I talking to Mary? I'm talking about <laughs> it's inventory. Like the first thing people do with me is inventory. This is Mary's <laughs> thing. Sensible woo, everybody. Sensible But yeah, I just was like, it was very clarifying for me. And it also helps because I, now I can, I put the categories for my, my um, expenses. And so when my assistant gets into my fresh books, which is sort of like QuickBooks, um, to yeah. get in there and adjust all my expenses, they come in. She knows exactly how to categorize them, and there's no more like guessing. So yeah. it, it ended up serving multiple purposes. But I got a handle on that, and I just think too often we think that this accoutrements, which I am a big fan of, <laughs> um, yes, you are <laughs> makes, makes a business. And um, you know, I signed up to be with Dory in her um, year-long mastermind this year, and when it came time to pay we were in the middle of another email conversation and she said, Hey, you can just mail me a check. Here's my address. It wasn't an invoice. It wasn't a FreshBooks invoice or cookbooks invoice. It wasn't like a PDF. It wasn't a, it, and it was, I don't think the dollar amount. I actually remember scrambling to figure out how to make a receipt for myself <laughs> <laughs> um, for tax purposes. And I paid like, you know, f- a, a good five figures. Oh, it was, it was a chunk to go. And, and so, but without all that, like, fanfare, right? Like I'm like, I yes. bill people for $500 and I'm like, here's all the fancy, you know, with my logo embedded into the invoice. And like, yeah, if you believe you're legitimate and you offer value, then you need that stuff less. I think that's part of why we as yeah. entrepreneurs buy all that stuff. Oh, it's so true. Um, but you know, it gets a lot into that heart space, mind space that people are in you know, when you're starting out, you want to appear a certain way and, um, and we feel like we have to build it up somehow. Um, no, I just, it, it's so true. You know, I, I think I was going to ask you like, what would be a great free trip tip, tip that you can give away on this podcast episode? And I think you just did, you know, doing, doing just a one page of your expenses. So you can really see in the cold, harsh light of dollar signs and numbers, what are you really spending on something that's not flying yet? And I think the worst story I've ever heard from the system side is somebody who um, came through the digital feng shui side of things. And she had bought two lifetime subscriptions to ConvertKit and never used them once. Oh, ouch. And of course, ConvertKit's lovely. So they were like, oh my goodness, this is so sorry. <laughs> you know, here's a refund. But she, but she had paid that money. And twice over and had never, ever built, like even sent an email out. So, um, you know, I, I, I just, I really love this pragmatic approach. It is not maybe the sexiest sounding thing, but I always like to say, it's kind of like going to the gym. It's like, you know, if you want your summer bikini body, like you go and you sweat and it doesn't always look great. Like, (laughs) well, I think you're dying on the treadmill. (laughs) Eventually you want the fancier stuff. I mean, I think that you you might build up to it. You know, eventually you might want to learn a system, but you have to have a proven, proven product. Right. And like, maybe you want to do Facebook ads at some point, but don't do Facebook ads to a landing page that doesn't convert. Yeah. Cause that's just a waste of money and time. So like figure out why it's not converting. And also you don't even need a landing page if you're selling to people who already know you. All right. I I want to make sure we're being mindful of the time, but I want to just tell you that last year when I launched my 5% advantage program in May of 2020, so Mm -hmm. realize that that was six weeks after this, you know, new world that we were living in. So a month, a month after, so mid-March, 
that happens in mid-April, I announce it. And I sell 15 people into my first one for $500 wow. a piece. There's no mention on my website. I used like a Google doc to describe what I was thinking of. And then I sold, I started selling the next cohort after the first session. So I was selling people into month two of the second four week version while the first one was still happening. And again, I sold another, you know, 10, 12 people in without anything on my website. It was only at, I was in the middle of that second one when I finally got something on my website and it was not well done. It was my own attempt to like create a little static homepage. <laughs> it was not pretty. And I sold in total 40 spots into that program in 2020, half of which there was nothing on my website at all about it. And then there was this like a mention without anything pretty. And it was only in the beginning of 2021 that you and I worked together to redo my website because like yep. it needed a brand re- rebuild. But yeah. it didn't stop me from helping 40 people figure out how to become certified virtual event professionals. Some of them went on to grow their own businesses as Zoom producers. Some of them I'm hiring myself to subcontract when I support my clients, my event clients. So like if I had hesitated and thought perfection, I need to be perfect, then none of that impact would have happened. And I think since we are here on this earth to have the greatest impact possible, that should be our aim, not how fancy we look. And the book really does walk you through how to get yourself out of your own way, really. I mean, how to set goals, how to, how to, you know, stack your successes, how to think about, you know, I mean, even like not, I don't know, not setting yourself Mm -hmm. up where you're like focusing on the wrong, you know, shiny object syndrome um, or thinking you're an expert and like don't need to do X, Y, Z because you know everything. I, I really try to address every pitfall and um, I actually wanted to shout out to our friend, Melinda Cohen, because she gave me yeah. a really nice review where she talked about how one of the things from Coach's Console that she has learned is that the having a small list has held people back that she's worked with, this fear mm-hmm. of that they don't have a big enough list, they don't have a big enough list. And she's like, I love that you're addressing that head on. And I love that you're addressing other pitfalls that people might run into because there's no reason. It's not like you have to, I mean, you're going to learn mistakes no matter what, we're going to have mistakes in our business. Oh yeah. But we could avoid some of them um, to get going a little further along. And yeah. I don't know, it was very nice of her to, to jump in and be an endorser for my book. It was a beautiful review. Speaking of your book, so people can start learning how to do this iterative process forward with you. Cause it's, it, I mean, if, if people really heard what you were just saying, you iterated immediately <laughs> and, and, to be able to do that just by leveraging your network, um, you know, your book is available right now. People can download it. Yeah, it's available. You can go to small, uh, smalllistbigresults.com, smalllistbigresults.com. That'll take you actually to a landing page where before you buy the book, even before you buy the book, um, you can get access to the Big Results Toolkit. And I created, um, with Mary's help actually, a lot of additional resources to help you implement the strategies that are in the book, starting with my favorite really is wake up your Mm -hmm. network workbook. And I know this is a really valuable resource because it's the pre-work that I've been using with my pop-up masterminds. And it essentially walks you through how to identify people in your network who you can start reaching out to for research calls and for, you know, coffee chats and to talk to people about your 
uh, as being a referral partner, et cetera. And so there's that. And then there's another resource about how to analyze the problem language, that, what, you, what you learn from these calls. Um, there is a discover your ideal client replay of a masterclass I did a few years ago. It's an hour long replay. Um, there's uh, information about all the books that are mentioned and how to, how to manage your calendar more effectively and how to stack your successes by doing 12 week sprints and what you do between those 12 week sprints. So there's a ton of resources that you can actually download just by going to smalllistbigresults.com. And then you can click the button to go to Amazon and get the ebook. Um, if you act really soon, it's going to be 99 cents this week. And then it's going to go up by a dollar or two each week until my paperback comes out November 26th, which is Black Friday here in the United States after Thanksgiving. And then it's going to jump back to full price, which is $9.99. So if you're listening in the next week or two, mm-hmm. I would say act soon to both I get both those resources. <laughs> I would jump on that. But it's it's not enough. This is definitely a book. I mean, you read the book. It's not really about reading oh, yeah. the book. How it's would you describe it? It's, it's about the, the doing. And, um, you know, before I met you, I had met Dory in the food truck plot once at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And um, started learning and learning and learning. And she gives away a lot of amazing resources. And I got to say, my friend, you beat Dory's record with the resources on this one. <laughs> that's, that's very nice. Cause I was competing to have more people on my launch team. So <laughs> I was trying to, I was figuring out whatever I could do, but um, I mean, I do think that it's not just about giving out content, right? Cause we talked about free content alone. Doesn't do it. It's about giving people a path, a strategic plan. So if you follow these steps, if you if you do the wake up your network exercise, well, actually, if you first start with the discover your ideal client exercise, then you do the wake up your network exercise, then you analyze that problem language. I mean, you're going to really be well on your way to piloting. And this is not a year long project. This can be done in three months. This can be done in six months, depending on how much time energy you have to put towards it. So whether you're already a business owner and you're trying to think about maybe a, a new one to many program. Maybe you have an offer that you've been trying to launch and it's been not going so well and you're struggling and you're spending more money and time and resources on it than you'd like. Maybe you got to take a step back. I actually was invited to speak as part of a boot camp, a business boot camp recently. And yeah, that's right. I, I actually helped the woman running it realize that she needed to not run it because <laughs> she hadn't done this work to identify what people really needed. I mean, she gathered an amazing list of people to give great talks, but she hadn't made the match between value proposition, what people thought they needed. Um, Because I I thought what you put together was pretty cool, but you have to make sure the people who actually are buying from you think that too. Um, And so she's taking a step back and and gonna apply all these principles and and come up with a better product. So I just, I'm I'm always trying to get people to kind of avoid some of the major potholes that I've experienced as a business owner that a lot of my friends have experienced. And I've been kind of doing business strategy before I even knew that was what I was doing. Um, going yeah. back 20 years, <laughs> me and my Blackberry. <laughs> um, oh, Blackberries. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I used to meet people in coffee shops and just give out advice and you know, help people. And I'm realizing that, you know, the way to really help people is to give them a, 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 an action plan. So the action plan for you, if you're listening right now, Go to smalllistbigresults.com, download the, the big results toolkit, get the book at Amazon. And if it's helpful to you, if you're finding results because of it, I would love, most deeply would love a review, an honest Amazon review it would be so great because reviews matter. They're social proof. They help other people who don't know me realize this is a book 
worth reading. So as your librarian, I can tell you that those reviews (laughs) really help other people also find that content. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a good practice to get into when we find something that's really helpful to make sure the world knows about it. And it's also a really good way to take action on a first step to start sharing your messaging and networking and building a relationship. So there's a little meta moment there for you. I love it. I love it. Any other final words here, Mary? Thank you so much for being my book launch success manager, by the way. I haven't publicly thanked you enough for everything you've done. (laughs) Thank you, Ravi. Hi. (laughs) We have a lot of fun together and it's been really cool to be behind the scenes, like genuinely and watch everything come together um, and, you know, we're doing a book club discussion. Well, this will air after that has happened, but there, there's just so many great things that have led up to this book and this content and being so well organized. I mean, we have worked on it so hard and well, we have the, the, uh, November, uh, 12th, 13th, and 14th is the master, master classes. classes. So everyone listening, if you go to smallest big results, you'll also learn about that. We'll make sure that there's details there. Um, we'll yeah. also have links in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com and how you can find what I'm working on, how you can find what Marie's working on. Sensibleboo.com is a great resource. It's got a ton of great content that is vetted because her audience loves it. So if you're, <laughs> you're her kind of people, then I think you'd love it too. Mary, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Robbie. Congratulations, my friend. You did awesome. I'm so excited for everyone to read this. Go get your copy. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mary and getting a glimpse behind the scenes of my book creation and launch process. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 256. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's show, as well as all the archived episodes. Reach out and let me know which are your favorite interviews. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with that one friend you know would love to hear it. And don't forget to subscribe for free yourself so you don't miss next week's show. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I would love to read your review in Apple Podcasts. It's easy to find our page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance and look forward to connecting again next week. We'll be interviewing another talent professional who's achieved success in their field or industry us probing questions to get them to share untold stories about their leadership journey and how they built and sustained the professional network. Until then, have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.